1: Tradition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't say that real well. <sighs> I wish I had a lower voice. Sorry, everyone.
0: Oh, love that music. As we sat and discussed different topics for this podcast, you felt very strongly that one of our first, you know, episodes needs to be about tradition and rituals. And why? Why did you feel so passionately about that?
1: You know, I just think that strong families. And strong marriages are families that have rituals and, you know, marriages that have traditions. In fact, research tells us that the strongest families around have a high frequency of rituals and traditions that bind them and connect them. You know, for their teenagers, there's research that tells us that uh, teenagers have a better sense of identity. Marriages are stronger. Families have more fun together. There's just a lot of great benefits when families have traditions and rituals,
0: and values are passed down. Religious beliefs are passed down. All that, right, is connected exactly. to, rit- to rituals and traditions.
1: I just think it's such a foundational piece. You know, it just it's so foundational. If we want to have a strong family, if that's what the purpose of our podcast is, is to pr- help preserve and strengthen the family, I don't think you can do that without rituals and traditions. So let's talk about what they are uh, just for a minute. So traditions are beliefs and customs that are handed down from one generation to the next. You know, rituals are a repeated action or an established procedure for a religion or other rites. We're going to use the words tradition today and ritual interchangeably. So if you're wondering if you have traditions or rituals in your family, try to identify something that you do often and that's repeated and see what happens when you take it off the table, so to speak. Uh, I remember years ago, uh, I decided it would be an incredible idea to take Thanksgiving dinner off the table.
0: (laughs) Yes. you Remember that? He was so sick of me being in the kitchen for three days ahead, all day Thanksgiving. And he said, let's just have all the kids go to the store, pick their favorite food. And that's what we're having for Thanksgiving. And I think he was thinking meals or whatever, but they can't. Kids... Well, I was
1: thinking, like, chicken or steak or <laughs> something, right. uh, something. And we go cool. to the
0: store, and we had every kid pick their favorite. So our table looked like a bag of Cheetos, gum. Um, Red Hot, Soda pop. Yeah. M&M's. That's what our Thanksgiving dinner was, and it did not fly.
1: <laughs> yeah. People, people were mad about that one, that's for sure. And I
0: was most mad. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. So, so here's a great gauge for a ritual. These are three key elements for a ritual or a tradition. Number one, it's got to be repeated needs to be repeated. So it happens on a regular basis, you know, and every so often even could, could be weekly or daily. Number two, coordinated and coordination suggests that it's planned, that it's planned out. And then three, and this is actually the real key. It has to be significant to all those who participate. If it's not significant, then it's probably not a ritual. It's probably a routine, you know? So, brushing your teeth at night would be a routine. Why? Because it's repeated and it's coordinated, but probably nothing really significant is happening there, right? In terms of meaning.
0: So the best rituals or traditions are simple, profound, practical, and fun. I love that. I love we got to make it fun. Um, Rituals or traditions are a package deal. It's everything we do to celebrate our families. It's not just on special occasions, but also every day, every meal, every bath, every bedtime story. When we're talking about traditions and rituals, it's little is big. Mm. You know, we have the big, lavish festivities at Christmas or weddings or things, but it's in the everyday traditions that ter- determine how we experience our families and how we demonstrate hands-on love to our children. Right. So yeah, in, in ritual traditions, think think little. Little is big. It's the little daily things. Like, I know one of our kids, they have grilled cheese sandwiches before they go to church every Sunday. You know, they, you can bank on it. They count on it. Eating dinner as a family together every night, you know, could be a tradition. Saturday morning chores and going to get treats. Those are the little things that we're talking about.
1: Yeah. And a lot of them don't cost a lot of money to do, right? So, so yeah. So keep in mind as we, as we talk that those three key elements, right, which is repeated, coordinated, and significant. If it's not significant, it's probably more of a routine, but significance gets us into the area of meaning, and it's something that our children are always going to remember. We were just talking the other day about this book, uh, Ask the Children by Ellen Galinsky. She asked children or kids uh, what they would remember most from their childhoods. That's always a really interesting thought. What do you remember most from your childhood? And, uh, It wasn't gifts. It wasn't the big gifts or even fancy celebrations. It was simple rituals and everyday traditions. Modest, but personal gestures of love. Like, you know, things like bedtime stories, uh, things that left children feeling safe and cherished.
0: Right. Anyway, I hope we all now are on the same page. We understand what traditions and rituals are, right? Versus just routines or habits and things like that. So as we're going forward, um, we're going to have an awesome time talking about righteous traditions. We're going to talk about other traditions and things like that. But yeah.
1: Well, and I love what you're saying. And I'm going to I'm going to add one more element to tradition to make it to make it even more significant. I love this idea that traditions help us to experience. And I'm putting the word experience in quotations to experience our family. And I I think of traditions that allow us to have deep conversations together or to spend time together. And I think back as a father of those opportunities with our own children and think that was really significant to me on how we were able to experience our family. Uh, Those are treasured memories. In case you're sitting here wondering why traditions are so important or if this just feels kind (laughs) of like anecdotal, right? Like, okay, that works in some families and others it doesn't. There's actually incredible research that has been done over the years that, that helps us understand why rituals and traditions are so important in families. Here we go. Number one, traditions and rituals can help you make memories that can last for a lifetime. People, you can think about that in your own. You know, We can all think about those traditions and memories. Number two, traditions boost happiness in families. Families that have rituals and traditions are happier like because they're together more and doing fun things together. Number three, traditions provide children a sense of comfort and security. We need that more now than we've ever needed it in this world. In fact, there's research that we can add to that that tells us that we can reduce anxiety in our youth and our children and youth when families have traditions together. Number four, traditions are a source of strength. Tradition, traditions build strong family bonds. Number five, traditions can improve marital quality and marital satisfaction. So having some traditions and and rituals in our marriage is a great idea. Number six, traditions are a sense of identity and belonging. We live in a world today where identity is being battled for. And uh, there's a war out there going right now regarding identity. But traditions can help provide that sense of identity in our families and especially with our children. Number seven, traditions help pass on family values, including cultural and a religious heritage. This is where we teach principles and doctrines and values that are passed down to our children. And number eight, trad- uh, traditions keep generations connected and give them a family history to share. So there's some great benefits, and I'm sure there's many others, but those that's a great starting point. Now, we believe that the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion, And that there are powerful truths and doctrines in that book of scripture that can help us in this area, this very specific area that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, in every area. But let's (laughs) let's see what it says about traditions.
1: (laughs) Well, I think of the verse in Mormon, chapter eight, verse thirty five, that I speak to you as if you were present and yet you are not. But behold, Jesus Christ has shown you unto me. These prophets saw our day. And they know our doing. And President Benson said it this way, that the Book of Mormon is a center focus of study that was written for us for our day. The Nephites never had the book. The Lamanites didn't have it. It was meant for us. And if it's meant for us, let's think for a minute, what does the Book of Mormon teach us about traditions? Now, as we, pull, as we lean into that a little bit, I just want to share this idea. Think about it. For a minute as we get into the Book of Mormon, but traditions are related to habits. They are acts repeated so frequently they become almost automatic. Uh, they are established patterns of behavior that are shared and transmitted from one generation to the other. So let's go to Mosiah 26.
0: Okay, so just to set up here, Mosiah 26, this rising generation didn't believe or understand understand the traditions of their father, and so these children would have been babies or infants, too young to understand the words of King Benjamin. Yeah, and we don't know what happened, why that didn't get, you know, passed down to the the younger generation, or
1: why they didn't believe. Yeah, yeah. or why they
0: didn't believe. But in verse one of Mosiah twenty six, it says, "Now it came to pass that there were many of the rising generation that could not understand the words of King Benjamin, being little children at the time. He spake unto his people, and they." did not believe the tradition of their fathers. That's heartbreaking. Right. In verse 2, they did not believe what had been said concerning the resurrection of the dead, neither did they believe concerning the coming of Christ. And now because of their unbelief, they could not understand the word of God, and their hearts were hardened. They would not be baptized, neither would they join the church, and they were a separate people as to their faith and remained there so ever after. In that carnal and sinful state, for they would not call upon the Lord their God.
1: It's really interesting when it tells us what they didn't believe. They didn't believe in some of the most core doctrines of the of the true gospel. Um, and once again, like you said, Janie, we don't we don't know why, but but the focus here is on tradition, right? These teachings were passed down from, from, from parent to child, so to speak. And so traditions become an important theme in the Book of Mormon, and there's, there's righteous traditions and there's some unrighteous ones. Our good friend Randall Wright, who's going to be in our next episode, and he'll talk about this a little bit more, but I love some of the work that he did on contrasting and comparing the Nephites, the Lamanites, and even the Mulekites when it came to their traditions. For example, the Nephites had a lot of righteous traditions. You can read about a lot of those in Second Nephi 5, where they're keeping the commandments. They're working hard together. They're living the gospel. they're uh, They're being taught from the records, from the brass plates. They're building cities. They're building temples. They're worshiping together. They had a theme. They knew that if they kept the commandments, they would prosper. And that idea was taught over and over and over from generation to generation. In fact, many of the of the most the most significant prophets in the Book of Mormon are direct descendants of Nephi. Alma, Alma the younger, Helaman, Mormon. And they continue to carry on those righteous traditions.
0: Yeah. And in contrast, <laughs> we have the Lamanite traditions, right, where they established wicked traditions. And some of their traditions, I mean, they taught their children to hate the Nephites. I mean, that was just a thing that was passed down. They were lazy. They were worshiped idols they were greedy um you know they they just all those bad things that were passed to their children because of the hatred they felt for their for you know their brothers the nephites
1: yeah and they're in their and they like they felt you like said. they'd been
0: wronged you know that was just all passed down to their children and it just was generational and the lamanites hated the nephites
1: Well, and I I think that's so significant. And then another one that I've never even thought of, you know, Randall brought this to to my attention anyway, is that we have another group of people, the Mulekites, who in essence you could say had no traditions. You know, they had no records. Uh, And the consequences are really interesting. I'll read it. They were brought to this land by the hand of the Lord, but by the time Mosiah found them, they denied their creator and didn't believe in God. So there you see it again, the, the consequence of having no rituals or traditions that are righteous their language even becomes corrupted and i i can think of families that i know that uh, would tell you that they probably don't have any family traditions uh, traditions are so important because traditions build and create a culture the way that i think about it is this way that you have practices whatever those practices are practices lead to habits and those habits morph into righteous, well, rituals and traditions. Hopefully they're righteous, but rituals and traditions. And then that creates a culture. And that's really what we're trying to do. We are trying to create a culture in our homes. I always love to tell our children, we're building something here. We're trying to build something. And what is it that we're trying to build?
0: We are trying to build a home-centered, church-supported, Christ-centered home, right?
1: Exactly. And I, I often think, you know, what does it mean to be church-supported slash home-centered? Well, at least to me, what it means is Christ-centered. We want a Christ-centered home. We want traditions that point our children to the Savior. We want our children to be Christ-centered. We want, we want Christ to be the center of their lives and our lives as well. And I'm thinking, you know, as I think about it, okay, if, if it is a Christ-centered home, what does that look like? What does a Christ centered home look like? Because obviously, we think of things like practices, you know, right? Like studying the scriptures together and praying together and having family home evening. But, you know, it's not just practices, it's what we're becoming. It's gospel principles. It's we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ so that our children may know to what source they may look for remission of their sins. And by the way, implicit in that verse is that our children are going to mess up, we're going to mess up. We're all going to mess up. And when we mess up, where do we go? We go right to the Savior, right? So I think of practices, but I think of principle, principles too, like forgiveness, like kindness, like chair, all the Christ-like attributes, kindness, charity, patience. Home is the laboratory where we're trying to acquire and build those type of attributes in ourselves and in our children. Those are righteous traditions. Right. You know, all of this reminds me of something that I remember reading in a book uh, that Elder Oaks wrote called Life's Lessons Learned, and he shared the experience of Elder Neal A. Maxwell coming to a board of trustees meeting at BYU. This would have obviously been back in the 1970s, and Elder Maxwell uh, gave what we would call the devotional, and for the devotional, he just said, what do you want to be remembered for in your present callings? And Elder Oak said that even though that was a significant question for him to think of his role at that time as the president of Brigham Young University, where his heart and soul went that day with that question was, no, what do I want to be remembered for in my family? And he said that he actually talked about being on, you know, kind of being on the case of one of his daughters at that time who just seemed to leave a mess everywhere she went. And he just realized he was a little bit grumpy and honry, and and he just didn't want to be remembered for that and he actually by thinking of that question what do you want to be remembered for you know he was able to change the way that he was as a father these traditions help us identify what do we want to be remembered for and what do we want our families to be remembered for richard l evans elder richard l evans years ago said parents we would plead Give good and happy memories to your children. I think we would say today, provide happy memories for your children, not pampering or overindulging, not satisfying everything that they take to fancy to, but memories of love, encouragement, of peace and harmony, and happiness at home. Memories that will bless and lift their lives wherever they are, always and forever. That's what traditions do. Back to the idea of preserving the family. Let's preserve family memories. So today, in summary... We talked about traditions, some general tra- traditions, some righteous traditions, and what what constitute a tradition, something that's repeated, something that's coordinated, and something that's meaningful to to all that are present.
0: That reminds me of when I was growing up, something that my parents did is my dad loved ice cream. That was his thing, and mm-hmm, which all of us loved ice cream, especially Blue Bell ice cream growing up in Texas. And it became a tradition where almost every night, not, not every night, but almost every night, you know, as people were heading to bed, as people were coming in from dates or other sporting activities, my dad would get two cartons of Bluebell ice cream or sometimes more and 10 spoons and on a tray and they would be on their bed, on their master bed in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. And as we came in, we'd all come in, he'd, we'd just grab a spoon and just. Eat. start eating ice cream and we were all sitting on their bed and we were laughing we were sharing things of the day we were talking about the gospel we were asking or talking about things you know maybe questions that people had asked us about you know the church that the day church or, that yeah. day growing up in houston texas and it just became a time of family bonding of family memories where we would laugh together we'd cry together we'd share experiences and it was such a bonding thing that um all of us remember it to this day and again totally organic but it just became something that they probably had no idea that that would mean so much to us
1: yeah you can't and you can't make both of us cry (laughs) by the way Janie, thank you for sharing that i because i remember being a part of that tradition with your family too and it's something that i'll never forget and i and I still remember the time that I that I actually broke the bed. Do you remember uh, when I with with ten people on it and then added me that uh, that
0: literally shattered the bed that frame. took the bed down. Yeah,
1: exactly. We are all about doing something. We are here to act and not be acted upon. So let's do something. LDS, you're going to hear that from us every time. Here's our invitation to you for this episode. Identify a routine in your family that you could jazz up a little bit put some energy into it put some umph into it and find a way to make it into an awesome tradition even if it's something as simple as cleaning in your home or eating with at dinner time or or something along those lines at bedtime or whatever but find a way to take a routine and move it into the next level
0: we thank you for being with us today we've had a lot of t- fun talking about this important topic Today we talked about the why, our next episode with Randall Wright, who's an expert on traditions and building righteous traditions in the family. That's going to be a great episode. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Remember, you can join us on Instagram at Preserving Families, as well as on our email if you have any questions or thoughts you'd like to share with us. Preserving Families Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time.